0: During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. In Wichita,
1: 92.3 FM. That it is. That it is. It is not Shane Dennis, however. Shane Dennis traveling to cover some Wichita State baseball. So he is unavailable for today, tomorrow, and Friday. He'll be back next week. But I am filling in for him. I'm Pat Strathman. Kyle Collier also filling in for Jack Johnson. Apparently both of them decided to skip the show today. But that is okay. It is episode 671 here on the Shane Dennis Show on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You can also stream the show if you want to do that. Go to espnwichita.com. There's a listen live link on there. In addition to that, a tune in app on your smartphone is a nifty thing to have. Also, you know what's nifty? Telling your smart speaker to tune into ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM or KKGQ. You can also be a part of the show by calling in 316-669-4996. Here today, we will be giving away Kansas Lottery tickets, $30 worth of Cash Blitz instant tickets. So if you are interested in that, be ready to dial 669-4996. We also have the text line number at 316-247-0923. That is 247- Oh, 0923, someone already using the text line. I believe that's Nate the Great. It is four hours of Pat with four exclamation points. You're probably the only one who is excited for four hours of me. <laughs> I think people would rather have five seconds of me, but hey, I appreciate you, Nate. Glad to see you chime in. If you want to be like Nate, feel free to let the text messages roll in at 316 247. Zero nine two three. I can take it. It is it is punishment that's coming from Michael on the text line. By the way, it is pure evil and punishment. But the nice thing is, you could just you know go somewhere else and not have to listen to me for four hours. But then you'd be missing out on all the fun. And we all know what's coming up here on Change Show. You already know the schedule and the lineup. It's always a fun filled two hours. So I hope you can. Just fight through the pain. Fight through your ears bleeding just so you can be a part of this wonderful show. You can also go to uh, social media and interact interact with us on there. Go to Twitter slash X, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Lots of digital stuff coming from those pages. Make sure to like and follow all those different pages, please, and thank you. Here on the show today, coming up in a little bit we will have Kansas City Chiefs talk we will rank the Chiefs offseason needs we'll go 1 through 5 we could probably do 1 through 25 but we'll just do 1 through 5 for the time being at 1245 we have a twitter slash x question of the day has to deal with brackets how many brackets are you filling out this year for options on social media so go and vote please and thank you Hour number two, we have sound coming from Surprise, Arizona. Not as much today from Jack Johnson, but we will bring you that audio coming up at 1 o'clock. one twenty or so, the guy who got that audio is going to join us from Surprise, Arizona. Jack Johnson will be making an appearance, and he will have a special report. And then you already know the drill. I'm old, Kyle's young, taking place at the very end of the show. That is our lineup for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful hump day afternoon. 316-247-0923. As much as I like Shane, at least he left a worthy replacement. Oh, thank you. Very nice of you to say such a wonderful thing. Well, Shane normally kicks off the show by looking at the national day calendar, special... Dead days and, and special birthdays for celebrities, and we'll get into that. Kyle, did you have a moment of levity the last couple of days? You know what I did, and this is a, a true and funny
0: story. Uh, y- you know the, the old the old phrase that the old uh, homework excuse. You know my dog ate my homework.
1: <laughs> well, last week. So what you're telling me is you do not have a moment of levity for us here today. Well, last week, my
0: little brother, he's 12. I, I, I visit him you know, uh, during, on the weekend, and uh-huh. he shows me his backpack, and he says, hey, look what Brooks, our two-year-old lab, look what Brooks did to my backpack. And there is teeth marks, and the strap has been ripped. So a PSA to all the, the young students out there,
1: sometimes it is a viable excuse. You know, I've never had a dog eat my homework, and that's because I grew up with a cat, So that makes it a little bit challenging to say, yeah, my dog gave my homework. When everyone's giving me like, you have a cat. My parents, we never had a dog growing up. Now I have a dog, Gordo, who's over nine years old and battling cancer and, and doing quite well, thankfully. He has chewed some books. So before I leave the house, I have to make sure the door to our nursery is closed. Yeah. Because he will get in there and he will chew up some of the baby books. And I can't figure out why he's doing it. My wife assumes that this is a way for him to show her that he doesn't like the fact that <laughs> someone is getting more attention, which that is very viable. I don't think that's the case. I think he just, he also has to take certain medication, and certain medication can make him be a little hungrier than normal, and needs to go to the bathroom a little bit sooner, stuff like that. I've never seen him eat homework. The only thing I, he, he ever chewed that was truly mine and mine only, He, the very first week I got him, I left my flip-flops out, and he chewed through my, my flip-flops. I told him that was a bad dog, did this, whatever, disciplined him. He never did anything from that point forward. But now he's starting to get into this book phase where he wants to rip books. And it is infuriating sometimes. But also you have to take a step back and go, why is he doing this? You try to understand what's going through his his brain. And we all know that when you welcome a kid into the world and you have a dog, there, there can be friction and there could be a little bit of a change. And there has been a little bit of a change. Now, it's not like he doesn't like her. Because he gives her kisses all the time. Right, right. He wants to be around her. He every morning when my wife goes off to her job with with our child to drop her off at daycare, he always wants to go with him. So he wants to be very, very protective. That's that's how he operates. So I I know he doesn't dislike Grace. I know that. It's just that him going the books and ripping them to shreds. It it is a little intriguing because he doesn't do anything else. Like he'll, he'll dig into, if you leave food out, that's not a dog problem. That's a, you, problem. (laughs) you got to be smarter. Like if you're going to leave out a bag of chips unattended and you go out to the bathroom and come out and all of a sudden the chips disappeared, that that's kind of a, you problem, man. Don't tempt dogs. Dogs get tempted all the time. And of course, when you discipline them, they understand that the, you know, do it again and it'll last for a little bit and then all of a sudden it'll reappear. Just gotta be smarter than that. Just gotta make sure that you understand what's going on. So, so our solution is just to close the door to the nursing room. And so far, so good on that front. 316 247 0923. And glad that we have some people chiming in on this dog situation. Those books probably smell like milk. Could be. Very, very, could be. Someone said, Glad it's not a diaper mess being chewed. I can't even imagine. <laughs> we do have diapers out there because let's be real, it's you have to go through them so much. He hasn't even entertained that. Thank goodness. We've been okay on that front. And then I see that Nate's asking, Are you excited for Royals baseball, Pat and Kyle? Yeah, I think we're both excited and we'll dive a little bit more into the Royals as things progress throughout this afternoon. If you have a dog that chews books and you have a solution, let me know. <laughs> or if you have a dog that, that chews homework, let Kyle know, so that way he can relay it to his 12-year-old brother. That way he can uh, get that squared away. Well, today it is February 21, 2024, a look at the National Day calendar. It is a very terrible day. I could tell you that for sure. And in some ways it actually kind of ties into my dog. Because I remember getting Gordo, and I gave him food. And the, the food that I gave him, he just had a tough time actually keeping it down. He, he would pick and choose when he wanted to eat, and I didn't like that. I assumed there was something wrong with the dog food, so I did some research, and I went and got a, a different type of brain of, of dog food. It's a little bit fancier, a little bit more expensive but I do credit his good health up to this point and his shiny coat and his energy, all due to this. It is National Grain Free Day. And the food I give him is grain free, and it and it has done wonders for him. And I haven't switched ever since. So, if you're into that sort of thing, National Grain Free Day, and it's not just for the dogs, it's for your families inspires families and friends to gather and enjoy each other's company over grain- free meals but are a remarkable way to devote an entire day to loved ones who cope with dietary limitations. Kyle, do you have any dietary limitations do you have to go grain free? uh no, but I probably should <laughs> That means you have too much too much bread as though I'm eating too many exactly carbs right. yeah I love bread too man <laughs> my my reputation to my family, For holidays, you got to make a pan of rolls just for me. Now, I have (laughs) since went away from that. The older you get, the more weight you put on, so you have to stay away from that. But I do have that reputation of being a bread guy. I love bread, especially homemade bread. My wife makes wonderful homemade bread, and I am spoiled on that front. So this is a day for those who can't have wheat, Corn or rice due to an allergy or another disease that finds them eating celery sticks at the latest family gathering or office party. I know some people who do have to be grain free and it's got to be challenging. I can't imagine a world without bread. That'd be difficult. 316-247-0923. Another texter. The solution for my dog eating books is a Kindle. <laughs> I like the smiley face there. See, and it's it's the baby books, man. So, I don't know. We have so many baby books from people. We feel like when you get them, you have to use them. My routine is, at night, is to read her a bedtime story. So, maybe we'll upgrade to a Kindle. My wife has a Kindle. Bought her one for Christmas, and she loves that thing. The other national day that we are celebrating the day, it is National Sticky Bun Day. A delicious pastry that comes rolled up and dripping with a sweet, sugary topping, perfect with a hot hot cup of coffee in the morning or as an after-dinner sweet. Have you ever had a sticky bun, Kyle? I have, I have, and you keep mentioning all these,
0: all this great food, Pat. I
1: might, I might have to
0: take today off too.
1: Well, it'd be par for the course. Uh, I don't have (laughs) any lunch right now. I didn't have time this morning. That's how crazy the, the day becomes. I haven't had lunch so I'm starving right now and to read a sticky bun deal here I am very very hungry now. It's also known as a schnecken meaning snail. The sticky bun is rolled into a sweet spiral resembling its German name. Still considered to be a Pennsylvania specialty, many believed the sticky bun's origin in the United States began in the 19th century. German settlers brought their baking traditions with them when they began settling in and around Philadelphia. So I guess the Germans, they are the ones that created the sticky bun. And looking at this picture, I, you know, sticky buns are fine. They're okay. I, I want to put them in my top five. I want to put them on my Mount Rushmore of of, of desserts for pastries. But they're, they're serviceable. I like them. I mean, the whole point is they are sticky, so maybe that's why they get dinged a little bit. But that's the whole point. Of a sticky bun. anywho. in terms of famous celebrities that have died or have been born today, it is very, very limited in terms of I can't play you anything. I can't play any music. That's the thing that Shane does all the time. I can't play you music. Born on this day in 1979, Kyle, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Do you know who Jennifer Love Hewitt is? Yes, uh, she is an actress. She is an actress. Do you like any of the movies that she is in? Can you name any of the movies that she used I knew in? that was coming up. Uh, not the answer the is probably no. Head. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one that I know right at the top of my head, for those that don't know me, I do enjoy horror films. Yes, I know. People are going to be loving text messages going, uh, what is wrong with you? You just said that you love horror films. I, I do enjoy horror films. Have you ever seen I Know What You Did Last Summer? I have not. Wow. Well, while you're probably focusing on Scream and, a, some of the, and some of the other slasher movies, I Know What You Did Last Summer stars Jennifer Love Hewitt. She was a crew p- part of that film. So there you have it. That's how I remember Jennifer Love Hewitt is courtesy of that. Elsewhere, born on this day in 1955, Kelsey Grammer. Do you know who Kelsey Grammer is? I do. I do.
0: Um. Oh, boy. I'm going to kick myself. Is that is? Yeah, you got to hit me.
1: <laughs> You're trying to figure out what he played. Yeah. He gained fame for his role as the psychiatrist, Dr. Frazier Crane, on the NBC sitcom Cheers. Okay. And also in its spinoff, Frasier. And from 1993 to 2004 and again in 2023. At nearly 30 years on air, this is one of the longest-running roles played by a single live-action actor in television history, if you can believe that. So if you're a fan of Cheers or Frasier, there you go. Kelsey Gramer. he is the one who played. Born on this day in 1946 was Alan Rickman. Do you know who Alan Rickman is? Now, he is an actor. I definitely
0: have seen a movie with him, um, which, of course, I cannot remember off the top of my head. <sighs>
1: He's been in all sorts of films. I mean lots of films. He's been in Die Hard. If you if you have you ever seen Die Hard? No. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Another reason why Kyle needs to be banned from the show. This guy hasn't seen Die Hard, a Christmas movie. What is up with that? And I know you're not a fan of Harry Potter, so you probably want to know, know him from Harry Potter, but come on, man. You've never seen Die Hard. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. You're killing me. (laughs) You are killing me. I have never uh, (laughs) seen
0: Die Hard. I have seen 12 o'clock high, uh, 1949. (laughs) Someone
1: just asked Michael, where do you, where do you guys find these kids? Apparently we need a, we need to screen them better, Michael. We, we need to screen them better. We need to sit down and go, what movies have you seen? And if Die Hard isn't on that list, then guess what? They are officially eliminated from the conversation. That is amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. Hey, I've got homework. I've got to see A League of Their Own. Yes, and you now do. And, and you can't blame the dog for, for eating your homework because you can stream <laughs> things now. So can't do that. Last but not least, dying on this day in 1965, he was assassinated more serious note malcolm x died on this day in 1965 please tell me you know who malcolm x is i do and i have seen okay. the movie starring denzel okay okay so you you redeem yourself a little bit okay good so that's a look at the national day calendar and also famous birthdays and famous dead days This day is going to be remembered by Royals fans. At least I feel like it will be. But maybe things have soured. We just got some news about, I don't know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes ago. And Royals fans, let's see if I can jot your memory of this guy. Let me play a clip for you. Runner at third, one out. Broken back. Opportunities for the closers in the game to put the ball in play. David Wright cuts it off, makes the throw. Look at Hosmer immediately. He takes off. It's such a difficult play for Wright because he has to turn his back to hold that runner. When he comes this direction, he turns, holds, and makes the throw. But by then Hosmer's off and go. And that's why I'd rather have Flores call for that baseball. That is Eric Hosmer. That was game five of the World Series that Kansas City won. It was a 2-1 ball game. Eric Hosmer took off the throw from first base from a guy who joined the Kansas City Royals. The throw from first base was wild, and Kansas City ultimately would go on to win the World Series that year. Why did we play that Well, the career of Eric Hosmer, it is officially over. He calls it a career today. He made the announcement on a new podcast called Moonball Media. The the actual title is Digging Deep, but Moonball Media is the company. Longtime big league first baseman Eric Hosmer announced his retirement The 34-year-old spent 31 games with the Chicago Cubs last season before being released in May. That stretch, as it turns out, will mark the end of a 13-year career that saw him bat 276, 335, and 427 with 198 home runs and an estimated 18.6 wins above replacement, according to baseball reference. Hosmer spent seven seasons with the Kansas City Royals, who originally drafted him with a third pick in 2008. He arrived as part of a promising young core alongside Mike Moustakis, Alex Gordon, Lorenzo Kane, and Salvador Perez that helped form one of the best farm systems in recent memory. Hosmer himself was ranked as a top-ten prospect by Baseball America in the spring of 2011. Some people put such high expectations on Eric Hosmer, so maybe he didn't live up to the loftiest of projections that were placed on on him in his younger days. He did win four Gold Glove Awards and a Silver Slugger Award. He was also named the MVP of the 2016 All-Star Game, if you remember that. the only one he was selected for. Hosmer will perhaps best be remembered in Kansas City for... That moment right there, the base running heroics during the 2015 World Series. Hosmer later, after a career effort in 2017, he signed a lucrative free agent contract with the San Diego Padres to provide a steady left-handed presence in the lineup. Never came close to replicating that banner year, however, save for an oppressive 38-game run during the pandemic-shortened 2022 season. The Padres traded Hosmer to the Boston Red Sox during the 2022 deadline as part of their reshuffling to accommodate Juan Soto's arrival. Eric Hosmer officially retiring from baseball earlier today. I do remember the loftiest of expectations for Eric Hosmer while he was going through the system. There were so many people thinking that this guy would – Be the best hitter in baseball. And to put that on someone, you know, that's pretty tough to do. But Eric Cosmer delivered in a couple of big moments. That base running moment will always go down in history. The fun part is, is he gonna be in the Royals Hall of Fame? My guess is, I don't know. (laughs) My guess is would probably be yes somehow. Kyle, what do you think?
0: I'm going to go with yes as well. I mean, you think of Eric Osmer, you think of that audio clip you just played. That's one of, if not the most important plays in the franchise's history, along with the Alex Gordon home run. I mean, those are the yeah. two plays that I think should land, you know, guys that you know spent the best parts of their careers in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, well, I, and someone just suggested this on the text line. He should sign a one-day contract to retire as a Kansas City Royal. I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to do something like that. But yeah, that key core of guys you're going to remember. I know Mike Mustakis, and when it all came to fruition, you knew that they were going to go somewhere else. It was bound to happen. That that group was going to have to split up, it, and the group did. The group did split up. Mike Mustakis winds up going elsewhere to be a Red. You you have the Lorenzo Cain going to be a Milwaukee Brewer, and and Low Cain did some pretty awesome stuff with with Milwaukee, and then Alex Gordon. It was just time for him to, to, to call it quits, and I know Alex Gordon had some pretty lofty expectations as well, but that's due to, in part, probably him getting that big, gigantic contract with the Royals. When you shell out that type of money, you better be delivering on expectations, and same could probably be said about Bobby Witt Jr. moving forward after the type of dollars that he is is going to get, but... Bobby Wood Jr. does seem a little bit different than those other guys. And that's the thing. Like You have those core group of guys, and I'm not saying Kansas City doesn't have a, a, a core of guys that that you can rely on in, in the future or can't rely on in the future for that matter. But back then, you knew that the amount of, of dollars it would take to keep those guys, you had to make a decision. Do you keep Salvador Perez and – and, and Alex Gordon and move on from Moose and Kane and, and Eric Hosmer, like you knew those guys were going to get some pretty big dollar amounts, and that's exactly what, what happened. He signed a, an eight-year, $144 million contract with the Padres. You're not going to be able to compete with that if you're Kansas City. At least back then, that wasn't going to be the case. And, of course, those core guys, when they all disperse, here we are in 2024, still waiting for the Royals to get over the rebuilding years and get back to national prominence. Can they be that type of team this year? Sure, we can be all optimistic as we as we want, but we all know where where the issues lie and, and where they gotta go. And you know, fortunately you're seeing some financial backing which feels different about the Kansas City Royals going forward. Below, Low Kane, Alex Gordon, Mike Mustakis, Salvador Perez, Salvi's still with the Kansas City Royals, but no more Gordon, no more Kane, no more Moose. You now you have no more Eric Hosmer. Eric Cosmer is is officially calling it quits. But what a career! Uh, the guy had has had a sweet swing. When he went away from Kansas City, he didn't exactly live up to the Padres' expectations, but still. Eric Kaz, when he was a part of the Kansas City Royals, a, a big-time big time bat, big-time player, and a guy who I would not be surprised winds up in the Royals Hall of Fame. So, 316-247-0923. Have thoughts on uh, Eric Hosmer? Have thoughts on anything else in the sports world? Let us know. Feel free to send us a text message at 316 247 Zero nine two three. We'll have time to get back to, I guess, Eric Hosmer when we talk to Jack Johnson in hour number two. We will also have some Royal Sound from Surprise Arizona. But we do need to talk about that other team in Kansas City, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. If you've been listening to the polls, I've been kind of talking about the offseason already. We will talk more about the offseason when we come back. The top off-season needs for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll rank them coming up next here on the Shane Dennis Show. What has you in this type of mood? This is NFL Films. I know, but it's like more like it's like jazzier than the normal ones, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just (laughs) figure you know it's the off season. We're a little bit laid back now. (laughs) I just figured it's like, man, he's going with like the jazzy route. We got Kyle Collier who's being jazzy today. It's a jazzy Wednesday, apparently. But yes, it is NFL music. It's just not one that is a choice. Understand that? It's not like Again, on the Mount Rushmore, <laughs> I don't think you normally play that, right? Maybe no, I'm
0: wrong. Yeah, th- yeah this is, this, it's a little bit different.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different, and that's okay. That's fine. 316-247-0923. If you would like to be a part of the show, text us your thoughts. We'll have a Twitter question of the day in moments. We do need to address the needs of the Kansas City Chiefs for the offseason season. Let us rank them. I'm just going to stick to the top five. You could probably go a little bit deeper than that, but let's just focus on five. The key free agents for the Kansas City Chiefs, we all know it's Chris Jones, Legereus Need, the others that might not be so key in the eyes of certain people, left tackle Donovan Smith, linebacker Willie Gay, defensive tackle Derek Nottie, You do have two running backs that are free agents, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon. You do have a safety to worry about with Mike Edwards, McCole Hardman at receiver, Tommy Townsend, the punter, is officially uh, a free agent, which that's interesting. Mike Dana at DN, Nick Allegretti at guard, which a props to that guy. I know he's got a path to recovery, but, man, Nick Allegretti was big for the Chiefs. And then you have linebacker Drew Tranquil, who is also on the list. You could extend Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Noah Gray. And then potential cuts for cap savings. Marquez Valdez-Scantling would be nice. Justin Reed is also a candidate. And although this would be a very cold thing to do, but Charles Menahue is very much a part of that conversation as well. Yesterday, if you listen to the polls, which is normally when I'm on air from 2 to 4, I was talking with Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, Jeff Darlington of ESPN, who covers the NFL, specifically the Kansas City Chiefs. He was talking about Mike Evans being more valuable than Chris Jones. He would rather trade and bring in wide receiver Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than have Chris Jones come back for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what Jeff Darlington said, and I, I've, I've had some time to think about it. I've had some time to think about it, and and I would probably disagree with Jeff Darlington in some ways. But here's here's the thing: who's going to be a, a, who's going to be able to free up more space for the rest of the team to sign other guys? If you were to bring back Chris Jones, the dollar amount is going to be through the roof. And I know we had some people on the text line yesterday during the poll saying, I think the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl without Chris Jones. You had other guys make some plays other than Chris Jones, and I think that's why people would think that. And if you let Chris Jones walk, if you franchise tag him, that's $32, $33 million, and I don't think that would be a smart move for Kansas City. But then if you also shell out a three-, four-year contract for him that's going to be a boat, worth a boatload of money, is that the right move for the Kansas City Chiefs? I would say Chris Jones would free up some space. But that's where, that no matter what happens, I think no matter what happens, if you have Chris Jones, if you don't have Chris Jones, whatever, the defensive tackle spot does need to be addressed. And that would be my number one thing to bring up. Yeah, Mike Dana on the edge right now. So, does he technically qualify to be a defensive tackle? No, but look at the other guys that the Chiefs have. You do have Derek Nottie, who's a part of this list. You could re sign him and be okay there. But the Chiefs roster currently includes one defensive tackle under contract one, and that's Neil Farrell Jr., or Farrell, sorry. Who will be in his third season after only contributing 62 snaps to Kansas City in 2023? They only have one guy, one defensive tackle under contract. Keep in mind, they drafted Keandre Coburn, and that didn't result into anything for the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't have other guys lined up there at D tackle. Now they had, you know, Mike Pinnell. Those other guys are technically viewed as edge rushers and so on and so forth. But right now, you only have one defensive tackle under contract. You're going to need to go get some guys. Now, the nice thing is for Kansas City, if you do hang on to Charles and many of you he'll be there but I just worry about his availability next season at all, considering he's coming off an ACL tear. You also look at George Carloptis and go, hey, I got that guy who had one of the better seasons, and it was very quiet. And then you look at Felix Inudike Uzama You selected him at pick 32, and you're hoping that that's not just because you're in Kansas City and you went with a hometown guy. You need the hit on a first-round draft pick. FAU did come up with a big tackle for loss in the Super Bowl. Didn't play very many snaps. Only had, what, 7 to 10? So you got some guys for the pass-rushing group, which that's a positive for Kansas City because that used to be a negative for the Chiefs. But that defensive tackle spot, Chris Jones, no Chris Jones, you're going to need to sure up that position a little bit more. You need to. And at times this year, Kansas City did allow rushers to have some, some pretty big days. Now, they did a pretty good job of containing Christian McCaffrey in the middle there in the second half. In overtime, that was a little bit of a different story. But the Chiefs, you like what they have – with their pass rushing unit, you need to get someone in the middle who is going to sure up that defensive front. That way you don't get gashed by the run. 316 247 0923. Just saw this from a texter. Chiefs top needs this offseason receivers who can receive, players who can line up onside, offensive lineman who doesn't set NFL records for the amounts of holding. A center doesn't send infield ground balls to Mahomes. Any human walking this planet, not named Kadarius Tony, that is good, Texter. I'm going to screenshot that and frame it here in this in this studio. <laughs> that's a good one. I like all that. That's that's pretty simple. Well, speaking of receiver, that's got to be the number two on this list, right? It it's got to be. Those issues need to be addressed. Justin Watson is signed for 2024. He does have a $2 million cap hit. We all know what we have in Rasheed Rice. MVS did have a strong finish to last season, but the dude could free up some space for 2024. $12 million in cap space in particular, if Kansas City does choose to cut him. Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, the two are each under contract with no financial benefits for the Chiefs to cut them ahead of the offseason program. So it makes me wonder if they move on from Kadarius Tony and Sky more based on that that alone, because there's no financial gain to that. But then, what do you do? Do you just carry? Do you put Kadarius Tony in the practice squad and make him just work out there? That might be that might be the move. But you're going to see a little bit of a shuffle, right? There has to be. MVS is a prime candidate to getting the boot. If he's going to save $12 million, he's got to go. Brett Beach has to make that decision. And look, the guy, yes, did he have another good postseason? Sure. But you're assuming that Rasheed Rice is your number one, and he could be that guy in the postseason. And by the way, he had some pretty big moments for the Chiefs in the postseason. So you're going to ride with him. If you're not going to see any financial gain come out of cutting Kadarius, Tony, and Sky more, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City is just going to stay with both of them. I know that hurts Chiefs fans. I know the one text right there, that's not going to be great. But you're probably going to have to stay put with those guys since they are under contract. If they're not going to give you any gain, then you go out, you draft wide receivers, or you go out and get a wide receiver free agent, make that person uh number two wide out because I don't, I don't know if Kansas City is going to have the ability to go out and get a T. Higgins, who more than likely is going to receive the franchise tag for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if they can go out and get the cream of the crop for the wide receiver market. Should they make a play? Sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if Brett Veach is looking over at the defense going, hey, if, if we lose Chris Jones and LeJarius Sneed." That defense all of a sudden looks vastly different with those two guys not being a part of the defense. I don't think Brett Veach lets both of them walk, so I think you get one of the two, and maybe that does free up some space at wide receiver, but I don't think you're going to go out there and get that game changer right away. You might have to stick with the the draft, and I don't know if fans want to see another rookie wide receiver for that matter. You've seen Kansas City draft Sky Moore, didn't pan out. At least not to this point. You have Rushy Rice that they hit on. That's great. Can you hit on another receiver? Can you get a guy who could come in and be an instant impact guy? But we all know what Andy Reid's about with rookie wide receivers. I'll be curious to see what route Kansas City goes. I would say you go get a mid-level guy in free agency. You bring him in. He might not be the true number one that you might expect, but at least – inject some talent that way, and then go out and get another young gun in the NFL draft. Now, Matt Derrick pointed out yesterday that Kansas City doesn't have quite the quite the draft capital as they have had in previous years. And that might make things a little bit more problematic, but you can always reload on that, and I'm sure Brett Feach will find ways to do it. But wide receiver has got to be number two on this list. has to be. Those are the top two, though defensive tackle and wide receiver. And then there's an argument for everything else. Left tackle is is something to watch too. And the reason why you're putting left tackle there is because Diamond Smith is a free agent, but also too, Yannay Morris. He looked like a rookie. He saw you saw him flash his talent at times last year, mainly being a, a really good run blocker. But at left tackle, I don't think you're going to sit back and re- and rely on a, on a run-blocking run left tackle. You need someone who's going to have the specialty of, of being that type of guy. Or, and I'm not saying Kansas City is going to do this, but remember when Juwan Taylor was was signed by Kansas City, we all thought that he would go from right tackle to left. Is that a good solution for Kansas City? Probably not, because we all know Juwan Taylor's history of, of holding but the thing is, Juwan Taylor, at least in the Super Bowl, him and and Donovan Smith both both didn't really get dinged all that much penalty-wise. In the first half, it was a, a tough challenge for them to slow down Nick Bosa and all the other talented guys that San, San Francisco has up front. But you're stuck with Juwan Taylor. You're going to have him a right tackle. You paid a lot of money for him, which is why I threw out the idea you could swing him back to the left. But my assumption is you're not going to do that considering what you've seen from them this past year. So why does that leave you? Do you go out and get another left tackle in free agency? Do you use some of that money that you free up by not signing Chris Jones or LeJarrius Need? Do you use that on a left tackle instead of a receiver? I mean, you have more receivers available under contract than left tackle right now. It's an immediate need that Kansas City is going to have to fill. Diamond Smith could be that guy, but I don't know if I would want him to come back. Wynian Morris is just not ready to be the left tackle. Watching him on film, he doesn't appear to be that guy. Maybe you draft a left tackle on day one, but again, I still don't think you're going to get an instant starter at pick number 31 in the draft at offensive tackle. If you trade it up, you get the cream of the crop, but I I just don't know if Kansas City is going to be able to do that. The other two to round things out for, for Kansas City, I still bring up safety. For the Kansas City Chiefs, I know Brian Cook is supposed to be back, but Mike Edwards ended up being a pretty big safety for Kansas City last year. I don't think you're going to have too many issues building depth at the safety position. So safety is probably one I look at there at number four. Maybe, maybe even linebacker for that matter, especially if you lose Drew Tranquil, you're going to have to address that linebacking position. The one that is probably not going to get a lot of buzz, but maybe should a little bit more. Isaiah Pacheco last year, he had his moments where you know he was fine, but he also got banged up a couple different times. The way that he runs could be problematic. So you need to go out and get another running back. Go out and get a, a guy who could be like Jarek McKinnon. That would be the ideal move for Kansas City to especially a Patrick Mahomes, who is this fantastic quarterback and his trajectory is, is through the roof all the way to the moon, right? Patrick from a home's last two years, in case you're wondering, what the average passing yards were for touchdowns last year and the previous year after that. Two years ago, it was, what, 4.5 yards? That was the average for touchdowns? This year, it was even worse than that. It was 3.9. Get a change of pace back that can help out on that front. Jarek McKinnon did it a couple postseasons ago. Isaiah Pacheco is a wonderful tool, but in terms of being a part of the passing game, don't know if that's really the, the solution. Need that change of pace running back. So that's how I would look at this offseason, wishless for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how I see it. There could be some other groups there too. I know people are still thinking about tight end because of Travis Kelsey and how he's aging. He had a fantastic finish last year, but let's be real—he's getting older. At some point you got to figure out that. And maybe linebacker will be the other one that you need to look at. But other other than that, like quarterback-wise, you feel pretty confident in the depth that you have. Because Kansas City might have the best one two punch of the NFL at corner. You might lose one of those guys, but I think you're fine. Defensive end, I still think you're pretty much okay. You got a lot of bodies there that end up working for the Chiefs on the defensive side. And you don't need to worry about center, left guard, right guard, right tackle. You got that figured out. So there are some position positions of need for Kansas City. But it's not like they have all these different holes to fill. But they do have a couple of guys that they have to address and figure out before they can move forward with some of these other ones. Brett Feach is one. He's going to figure it all out, though. And Brett Feach, a couple years ago, the offensive line stunk, so he went out and he changed the offensive line. The wide receiver group was not great. Does he go out and do the same? Or does he put emphasis on that defense? Hey, let's run it back with the defense, and then we can address the offense. Maybe that's the strategy for Brett Feach. Many different options many different op- options but I do know in Chiefs kingdom everyone's going to be wanting new wide receivers <laughs> that I do know that's number 1 on the list for pretty much everyone who I've talked to is you go out and you get some game changing wide receivers the question is can you get a game changing wide receiver at in the final it, it, with the final pick of round number 1 in the NFL draft and can you get a game changer in free agency i just have my doubts at this rate which is why if you can sure up the defensive side and be unstoppable again with Steve Spagnuolo leading the charge, that might be the move again. Maybe you you go with this identity of being that type of team moving forward. And that's something I really do agree with with Jeff Darlington. Jeff Darlington said, you get in a room and you go, what is our identity going to be next year? Are we going to be the same team where the defense is going to win us games and the offense just does enough? Or do we have to get back to scoring 40 points per game? Brett Veach has to start with that. What's the identity of a team just going to be like in general? That's where you got to start. So, should be a fun off season. and it could be a big one for Kansas City too, for that matter. Could be big, could be huge, because you're talking about a three peat here. A three peat. Patrick Mahomes has already done a lot of things. If he can get a three-peat, all of a sudden this Kansas City Chiefs dynasty that we're talking about, we all look at the run for the Patriots. If you can get a three-peat, man, you're right up there with the Patriots, and some would say maybe even better than the Patriots, depending on who you talk to. 316-247-0923. That is 247-0923. If you would like to voice your opinion on the offseason season needs, for the Kansas City Chiefs, let us know. 316-247-0923. Have to sign Jones. Okay, running back. Ooh. Am I seeing Derrick Henry? Wow, that is a, that is a move. Derrick Henry and Isaiah Pacheco in the same backfield. <laughs> you would just pound away. You would turn into the patch just handing the ball off all the time. Receiver. You get Mike Evans from the Bucs, draft the big kid from Texas. Okay, Xavier Worthy, I see you. Be great to keep Snead, but he's going to get paid, I'm guessing, Casey can't compete. Chris Jones and Lejarius Snead, both are going to get paid. Lejarius, I think. And it's funny because Lejarius Snead, type out holds for the offensive line, how about Lejarius Snead and the penalties that he racked up this year? He racked up a ton of penalties this past year but he also had moments where he was one of the best cornerbacks in the in the entire National Football League. Appreciate the text. Keep them coming at 316-247-0923. We need to break. When we come back, we'll have our Twitter slash X question of the day, and we'll get into your thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll have some royal sound. We'll have Jack Johnson from Surprise, Arizona, and I'm old, Kyles Young. Twitter slash X next on The Shane Dennis Show. Yeah. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think when you talk about Red Hot Chili Pepper songs, where does this one rank?
0: Uh... I would not call it a Mount Rushmore. Uh,
1: I don't think me, so. As he, as I don't think, say. yeah, I don't think people bring the song up. I, I don't hate this song. I I think it's maybe one of the more underrated ones, in my opinion. But anywho. All right, welcome back. This is the Shane Dennis Show on a hump day. 316 247 0923 is the text line. And the individual that texted the suggestions on what the Chiefs should do in the offseason. If they brought in Derrick Henry, that would move Isaiah Pacheco to the McKinnon role. That would be interesting. And Texter, I don't know if you'll be able to stick around. It's we still got another hour to go. But kicking off the polls with me, the normal host, Pat Strothman, filling in for Shane today, I'm going to go down a list of the top 50 free agents and their best fits, according to an ESPN writer. And I'm going to focus on the guys that, involve the Kansas City Chiefs. And funny enough, one of the guys that might be the best fit for Kansas City is a running back, but it's not Derrick Henry. It's someone else. And I don't know if you can stick around for that. I hope you can. But if not, go back and catch it on the podcast page if you would because I wonder what your thoughts would be. And if you can't stick around, maybe I'll just send you a text. Maybe I'll help you out. That way you don't have to wait until 2 o'clock. 316-247-0923, 316-247-0923 Chris Jones or Snead one of them will get franchise tagged need to grab a big name wide receiver and see that the big name wide receiver thing is is going to be interesting awesome you'll be listening fantastic thank you sir or ma'am appreciate you the that's the interesting thing the, the big name wide receiver the only way i i envision it Is if Kansas City finds a way to trade for some big-name wide receivers. Like T. Higgins is going to get franchise tagged. I don't think he's probably going to wind up at Kansas City. Maybe I'm wrong saying that. Maybe Cincinnati doesn't do that. But I look at the big names, and Mike Evans is the one that stands out. But the other ones, are you going to be able to to go get a big-name wide receiver without trading for one? And maybe that's where Chris Jones comes into play. I don't know. I don't know. It, it is intriguing to me how Kansas City can go after a big name. And there will be some names out there for free agency, but anyways. <laughs> Someone already called my bluff on the text line, 316-247-0923. They, they know what I was hinting at. <laughs> the texter, I don't want to spoil it for the guy that's going to listen, though. Apparently you have... Have ESPN Plus as well, good sir, or ma'am. <laughs> I, I can't reveal that. I want him to, to stick around for, for 2 o'clock. Come on, now. You know how this goes. You got to get a tease. Here's the tease. This person would be too expensive for running back. That's the tease. Maybe you can put two and two together. Too old. <laughs> oh... I like you guys. You guys are great. Hey, we gotta get to our Twitter slash X question of the day. Shane Dennis does one every single day. We gotta hustle a little bit. We can talk Chiefs more later on and we can continue to drop your thoughts as we, you know, move our way forward to the, the pulse. We will have more Chiefs talk then, I promise you. We do have to get to some royal sound though from Surprise Arizona. Don't have any other time to fit it in later on in the day. So we'll get to that sound that Jack Johnson gathered. And then we'll have Jack Johnson himself coming on the show at 1.20 or so. So Shane writes, how many brackets do you fill out come March? None, one to two, three to four, only on ESPNwitchdot.com. Which, by the way, be ready to get in our bracket challenge. Top ten finishers last year ended up winning a prize. We might be expanding that to top 20, maybe top 30. Just saying, we've had we've had some businesses contact us. and We might be able to make the prices a little bit cooler. Just saying would be kind of cool. That's coming up on in March, so be ready to do that. One to two is is going to be the top answer, and it is sixty plus percent. None is third. A distant second is three to four. Kyle, how many many do you fill out?
0: I. Excuse me. I fill out three: uh, one with uh, my family, uh,
1: one with friends, and one here at work. Okay, so you do three. I stick with one. There is only one bracket that I do. One bracket. I use that one bracket for everything, which might be dumb if I am actually trying to win. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I-, I like having you know three chances at it.
1: You know, yeah, and and I know and I get it, and that's the whole point of our bracket challenge. You get up to ten. And people take advantage of that. They have an upset bracket. They have a chalk bracket. They have a KU bracket. They have a K-State bracket. which you probably don't have to worry about that this year because K-State men's basketball is probably not going to make the tournament. Sorry, K-State fans. That wasn't very nice. I should have said that. But look, I only stick with one. That's the only. I only do one. And I always try to make it as consistent as I can possibly be. Previous years, when I was growing up, I used to do like five and odds are KU was probably going to win the championship in every single one of them. Don't think I'm going to be doing that this year, based on what I've seen from KU. But one to two is the winner. I stick with one. If you do more than one, that's fine. I'm not going to get on you for doing more than one. Some people that I know really are like, why do you need more than one? If you're so good at what you do, you should just do one. That's not why I do one. I do one because I really don't want to do any more. I already have so many things that I do. I don't think I can do anymore. So one would be my answer. One to two is winning right now on Twitter slash X. So if you are interested in bracket challenges, be ready for that in March. And if you have any interest in giving us your opinion, you can obviously text at 2470923, but also... Go to Twitter slash X and vote. How many brackets do you fill out come March? Someone text, how many 12s over 5s do you take? I probably, it just kind of depends. I usually go quite a bit. I think I probably do. They, they say at least two. That's, that's usually the rule. The rule is normally two. You do two 12s over 5s. That's normally the rule because I think that's the average. The tough part is, can you guess the right 12 over fives? Like, that's the tough thing. That's the very, very tough thing. I usually go two, but it all depends on really the matchups and the teams. You know, the one I always try to do, I always try to do a 13 over four. 13 over four is one I always try to do. Sometimes a 14 over three, but 13 over four, I try to at least have one. And this year, for the NCAA tournament, it might be even good crazier than most years but of course i say that and it's probably going to be chalk we shall see we shall see appreciate the interaction guys keep it coming in hour number two at 316-247-0923 we will also have kansas lottery tickets if you're interested in those we'll give those away in the second hour when we do come back we have royal sound we have jack johnson and i'm old kyle's young that's coming away next here on the shane dennis show